Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Standing up for what's right. This is The Roy Green Show. decisions around foreign policy uh, here in Ottawa, not in Washington, not elsewhere. We know that standing firmly in support of JCPOA with uh, our NATO allies and others uh, is extremely important. Well, there's a little bit from uh, Prime Minister Trudeau on the so-called Iran deal. And uh, we stand firm with our NATO allies, says the Prime Minister, and hope that the deal continues. Well, uh, Senator Linda Frum tweeted out, here's what Trudeau senators voted against when they killed Bill S-219 today. She tweeted this yesterday. Uh, monitoring the Iranian regime for terrorist activity and human rights violations. That's gone. Identifying Iranian officials who are responsible for supporting terrorism and inciting hatred. That's gone. Strengthening Canada's human rights sanctions against the Iranian regime. That's gone. An annual report by the Canadian government listing Iran's support of terrorism. That's gone. Uh, requiring Iran to significantly improve their human rights record before Canadian sanctions are lifted. That's gone. Asking the government of Canada to consider listing the IRGC as a terrorist group under the criminal code. Gone. And a practical piece of legislation that puts human rights ahead of normalizing diplomatic relations. Gone. Prime Minister Trudeau has had this Fascination with the Iranian regime for some time. 2015, he said uh, he was going to normalize relations between Canada and the Iranian regime. And then in January of this year, when the Iranian people rose up against the the mullahs and uh, their oppressors, Mr. Trudeau was notable only for his silence. He said nothing. For six days, he said nothing. The only thing that came out of the federal government was three lines urging the Iranian government not to uh, abrogate its responsibilities to its people, and that was it. That was it. I'm going to talk about this uh, right now, but I also want to mention to you that Candace Bergen will be with us a little bit later on, the House leader for the Conservative Party, who yesterday confronted Ralph Goodale, the federal public safety minister, about an ISIS assassin who quite proudly announced to the New York Times bloggers that he's in Toronto living very well. Nobody's troubling him. And when that was raised in in, in Parliament, Mr. Trudeau said it was divisive. Somehow it's divisive to complain about 
an ISIS killer being loose in Canada. That's divisive, says our Prime Minister. Do you ever think the wheels are just coming off this thing? I mean, I do not know what Mr. Trudeau's fascination is with terrorism and terrorists. Bill C-6, he's the architect of that particular legislation, which uh, denies the federal government the right to remove Canadian citizenship from a dual citizen who's a convicted terrorist. Omar Cotter got $10.5 million. Trudeau says it was really uh, our fault, government's fault becomes our fault, because Cotter's rights were violated. And if he didn't pay them the ten, pay him the $10.5 million, well, it was going to cost us probably $20 million. How does he know that? There are some unusual things going on. And Tom Quiggin joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Former Canadian military intelligence officer, arms control inspector under, under the Conventional Forces in Europe Treaty, uh, former intelligence contractor for the RCMP, the United Nations, and a court-certified expert on security and terrorism. His book is Submission, and uh, the podcast is The Quiggin Report. We talk to Tom frequently when these issues come up. So, Tom, thank you for the time. We have U.S. President Donald Trump pulling the United States from the so-called Iran deal. One of the key concerns with the treaty was the weakness of the inspection regime, Mr. Trudeau, along with the U.K., Germany, and France, lament the decision, Israel and Saudi Arabia in favor. Meanwhile, Stephen Harper, former Australian Prime Minister John Howard, and the former Prime Minister of Northern Ireland, took out a full-page ad in the New York Times supporting Donald Trump's decision. And uh, Israel and Iran have come to blows. So paint the picture for us, Tom. What is going on? Well, fascinating situation, Roy. Let me just first say, you, uh, we'll go a little quick little side sticker. You talked about Omar Cotter. Here's a fascinating little thing in Canada today. If you're someone like Omar Cotter who commits terrorism acts overseas, the government of Canada believes that your human rights, your Canadian basic rights, follow you around the world while you do this. Ironically, however, if you're a Canadian citizen and you're a victim of terrorism overseas, they will do nothing for you. Anyway, that's just a little sidestep, just to go back to Omar Cotter for a second. But to get back to the main focus on Iran, you're quite correct to point out that the treaty itself, or this so-called treaty, which was never actually uh, approved by the Congress of the United States, one of the greatest weaknesses it had is the verification process that goes with the actual core of the treaty, which is Iran's nuclear weapons production capability. As you mentioned, I used to be an arms control inspector under something called the Conventional Forces in Europe Treaty, and that was an intrusive, on-site, short-notice arms control treaty where we could literally show up pretty much anywhere in Russia, Belarus, Poland, uh, you know, wherever, and on very short notice do complete inspections of entire bases. When I read the Iranian treaty, I was absolutely gobsmacked, to use the British term, um, to realize that like some of the notice periods were measured in weeks. There were restrictions as to where you could go in the country, and they actually suggested that Iranian inspectors should be used to do some of the inspections. So Mr. Trudeau and others have said, well, you know, the treaty is being enforced, and the reality is uh, there is absolutely no confidence created by this treaty because the enforcement mechanism is absolutely crushingly weak. So where do we stand uh, in this country? Where does Canada stand? We're on, on, on the side of the 
European countries that somehow believe the treaty can continue, when, as you pointed out, it never really was a treaty to begin with, but the Europeans believe it can continue, and Mr. Trudeau has squarely put us on their side and squarely told Donald Trump policies made in Ottawa, not in Washington, our policy. Yes, well, it's interesting you should mention the Europeans. Over in Europe, there's a lady by the name of Federica Mogherini. She is the high representative of the European Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy. Kind of a fancy title, which essentially means she's the foreign minister and the national security advisor for the European Union. She's an interesting soul in the sense that she is literally a former communist. And I don't mean she was crazy in her youth. What I mean is she was a, a member of the Communist Youth Federation of Europe when she was younger and then moved to Brussels and, and now has emerged at the age of, I think, 40 as the head of the European Union Foreign Affairs section. She literally openly states that Islam has a role to play in Europe, and that includes political Islam, which is to say the Homanius, the Muslim Brotherhood, Hizbut Tahrir, etc., etc. And she is the one who rather infamously stated after the Paris terrorist attacks that Diversity is not the problem, but it's the fear of diversity. So that's kind of the, the sort of folks that Trudeau was aligning himself with is the European Union and Frederica Mogherini. Now, if you look at Trudeau himself, you mentioned that he has a sort of a long-term uh, love affair with the Iranians, and it's quite true. Back in 2014, Justin Trudeau gave an interview to a newspaper in Montreal called Sada al-Mashrek, so as a member of parliament, he was talking to a newspaper which is known to be homaniest in nature. It supports Iran, it supports Hezbollah, etc. And he told them that if he was elected as prime minister, he would create a special immigration program that was more open to Muslims. And this is to like an Iranian supporting newspaper. So that gives you a rough idea where he's at. But the really interesting part of this is not Trudeau. The, the fascinating bit behind the scenes is his brother, Sasha Alexandra. He was appointed to an advisor to Justin Trudeau, I think, back in 2012 or something like that. Uh, but what's fascinating about him is he actually worked with Iran's state-owned press TV to produce a fawning documentary about Iran called The New Great Game, which basically said, you know, the Iranians have a defensive nuclear program, they're a great bunch of guys, why is everybody so worried about Iran? Um, didn't, so that, I, didn't that air on the CBC? Uh, I'm not actually sure where that aired. I, I, I think it, it might was, have. Yeah, entirely possible it did. Now, the, the other thing is, Sasha Trudeau did another documentary on a guy called Zachariah Zubaidi. Uh, interesting guy in that he's head of something called the Alaska Martyrs Brigade in the West Bank. And it portrayed him as like a Robin Hood kind of character. But what, what doesn't get mentioned in the documentary, of course, is the Martyrs Brigade is called that because it's famous or infamous for suicide bombings. So here we have Trudeau, who is openly sympathetic to the Iranian regime, which is arguably... Uh, one of the worst governments in the world, no matter how you cut it, whether it's looking at democracy or mm -hmm. human rights or the rights of gays, the rights of women, whether you look at their justice system or whatever, it's just a really horrible country. It's a theocratic dictatorship, and it's just a truly awful place. Now, if you talk to Trudeau and the Europeans, though, and you ask them, well, why are you so interested in dealing with Iran when they have this absolutely miserable human rights record, you get the economic discussion. Well, it's a country of 70 million people. We have to bring them into the economy and all, all this kind of normalization talk. But I would point out, here's the issue. 
most of Iran's economy now is controlled by something called the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards Council. They own about 700 companies in Iran, and that includes most of the comm sector, the tech sector, and the manufacturing sector, particularly that which supports the military. Since this nuclear Iran deal was signed back in 2015, the argument has been Iran should be open, they should be allowed to trade in the world, they should be part of the SWIFT system, which allows for the transfer of funds around the world, and this will make Iran a better place, more prosperous, and, you know, and a better place to live. What's happened, however, is most of the money that has been generated by the Americans giving them a couple of billion dollars in cash uh, as part of the Obama deal, and as well as the opening of the markets and the uh, dropping of sanctions, is that the IRGC has made most of the money, and the money they're making, they're pouring into adventures in places like Syria. All right, now, let me, Tom, I... let me get you to hold on. I have to take a break. Tom Quiggan is with us. Uh, it's the Quiggan Report on the podcast, and his book is Submission. We're going to talk to Tom Moore when we come back about what's going on with Iran and what the uh, situation is, the level of affection Mr. Trudeau has for the current Iranian government is, well, it's interesting to say the least. Again, this is a man, a prime minister, and we'll be speaking with an Iranian expat whose family left in 1979. She's actually the wife of uh, former foreign minister of Canada. She'll be joining us tomorrow. Um... But Mr. Trudeau, I said it earlier, in January of this year, when the Iranian people stood up against their oppressive regime, Mr. Trudeau was entirely silent for six days. Not a word. Zero. So, we'll come back with Tom Quiggin in just a minute. His bark is worse than his bite. This is the Roy Green Show. There was a leaders' debate in the Ontario election yesterday in Parry Sound. For some reason, uh, they thought that that was Northern Ontario. Anyway, um, and we're going to, in a few minutes' time, be speaking with Daryl Bricker, the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs and global television commentator. He's the author of The Big Shift, one of this country's premier pollsters. And we're going to ask Daryl what he thinks has developed in the first days of the election campaign. Let's talk about perhaps some strategic voting between liberals and new democrats coming up for june the 7th anyway what's likely to happen right now what's likely to happen who knows what the developments will be over the next weeks um daryl bricker will join us in a few minutes time We're talking about justin trudeau and uh, specifically canada now not backing the United States and Donald Trump's decision to remove the U.S. from the so-called Iranian deal and returning sanctions to Iran. Interestingly, Stephen Harper and uh, the former Prime Minister of Australia, John Howard, and the former PM of Northern Ireland took out, a, and other former leaders globally, took out a full-page ad in the New York Times supporting Donald Trump. And uh, it reads in part, uh, yes, I Iran is a danger to us, to our allies, to freedom, and we stand alongside you, as in Donald Trump, in ending the dangerous appeasement of Iran and making all and any action required to stop Iran going nuclear, help its people, halt its spreading of terror. There was also the story of Alison Azar. Remember, Alison was on this program. Her four children 
were abducted by her husband, who was an Iranian uh, refugee to Canada, became a Canadian citizen, a doctor here, and then abducted the children back to Iran. And Allison told us that Mr. Trudeau had put his arms around her in his office and had pledged if this was the last thing he was going to do, it was get, to get her children home safely. And the word that we had, and we talked about it on the air with Allison, uh, is that there was opportunity. The Iranians had the kids, had the doctor, and said, what do you want us to do with, with the children now? And the word is it didn't get any further than the RCMP um, having the option to, or at least having the opportunity to say, yes, release the children back to Canada, because from the prime minister's office, the word came, do not interfere. And when Alison Azar's case was brought up in Parliament, Stefan Dion, the former uh, leader of the Liberal Party of Canada, gave her thumbs down. He apologized for that eventually. There's some strange, strange stuff going on. Uh, Tom Quiggin is with us, the Quiggin Report. Tom, uh, what about the uh, what about this letter by Stephen Harper and John Howard and the former Prime Minister of Northern Ireland? and other former political leaders saying to Donald Trump, we're on side with you. Where does that fit into the mix? Well, it's an interesting situation, Roy. Um, a number of folks around the world uh, are increasingly looking at Iran as the single greatest security threat to the Middle East and as increasingly as the single greatest exporter of extremism and radicalization, especially through things like Hezbollah, through uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards and through the Al-Quds Force, which even Canada lists as a terrorist group. Uh, so this threat is emerging throughout the Middle East and throughout uh, parts of South America, throughout parts of Europe, etc., etc., and increasingly in Canada. Uh, unfortunately, like you mentioned, we have young Mr. Trudeau, um, who is a great believer in Iran and has a, a very good working relationship with the mullahs, and then we have much of the rest of the world, which is taking a much harder view. It's interesting in the sense that Mr. And Tom, Trudeau I have Tom. I'm sorry, I have literally thirty seconds. Oh, okay. Well, I think probably the most important thing to look at here is Trudeau wants to reopen the Iranian embassy here in Canada. Iranian embassies are known around the world for their control and operation and support of Hezbollah. So, by opening the Iranian embassy here in Canada, we're actually literally inviting greater control of Hezbollah. The Americans will see this as a threat. They are very upset. And as you mentioned, the cancellation or the downvote of Bill S-219, mm -hmm. the day after Donald Trump withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal, was a huge finger in the eye to the Americans and a warning to them that we're going to side with Iran over America in a lot of these cases. Okay. That, I think, in the long run, is a security threat to Canada if the Americans Tom, decide to retaliate. Tom, thank you so much. The Quiggin Report is where you'll find Tom Quiggin. And the book is Submission. When we come back, we're going to speak with uh, Daryl Bricker, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, about the Ontario election campaign. It's days into its life. Stay with us.